Bibles this morning, or this morning, this evening. Hallelujah. So St. John chapter 14, verse 26. I want to title this message in the form of a question. Has the Holy Spirit become taboo to you? Say it again. Has the Holy Spirit become taboo to you? Amen. The reason I use the word taboo because it means something has become improper. Has the Holy Spirit become improper? It also means unacceptable. Question, has the, your relationship with the Holy Spirit become unacceptable? It also means prohibited or banned. Has the Holy Spirit become prohibited or banned from part of your Christian life? Amen? Come on, have you banned him from being the unseen partner that's responsible for causing your mission to be successful. Amen. 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 Come on. Has the Holy Spirit been forbidden in your life or excluded from use of practice in your life? And so the reason I ask this is because a lot of people don't consider the Holy Spirit in the things that they do. Come on, are you listening to me out there? Somehow people come to believe that they are the source of their prosperity. That they are the source of their success. And see, the Holy Spirit is not a feeling. And he's not an it. Come on, say amen, somebody. He is a person, and he is as real as a person sitting beside you. See, your mission to being successful and you being able to complete what God has put on your life to complete is going to be based on you getting this relationship with the Holy Spirit. He's got to become real to you in every way. Let me say it again. He's got to become real to you in every way. See, we got to learn how to rest and trust in this relationship with the Holy Spirit, folks. Why? He is the administrator. He is the administrator of the grace of God. Come on. He's the one that is responsible for bringing into manifestation the things that have already been done. Let me say it again. He's the one that is responsible for bringing into manifestation the things that, that have already been what? Done. I mean, yes, we know he's part of the Trinity. We have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, but he's not the least one because he's at the bottom, folks. He's God. Let me say it again. He's God. In fact, he's one of the first one to be mentioned in Scripture. In the Holy, but it was, was a, what, the first one to be mentioned in Scripture was the Holy Ghost in Genesis chapter 1. Go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. He's the first one to be mentioned in Scripture. It says, and the earth was without form, and what? Void. And darkness was upon the what? Face of the deep, and the what? 
The what? The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Why? Because he's responsible for administrating the manifestations of the Word of God. Let me say it again. Because he's responsible for the administrating of the manifestations of the what? The Word of God. And to limit him to a jump. To limit him to a wiggle. To limit him to a feeling. It's not proper because he's God. Come on, he's a person. Come on, tell your neighbor he's a person. And he has some things that he wants to do with you this year if you will let him. Listen, there are some things that are about to be accomplished in your life. In your atmosphere, in your relationship, if you will come to understand who he is. Come on, are you listening to me tonight? If you will not only come to acknowledge him, but walk in a level of honor with him as to trust him no matter what is going on in your life. Let's look at John 14, 26. Have we found it yet? John 14, 26 says, But the Comforter, which is who? The Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall what? He shall what? Teach you all things and bring how many things? All things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. He said he's going to teach you how many things? Who's going to teach you how many things? The Holy Ghost. Somebody say the Holy Ghost. Amen. So it says here, he has agreed to be your teacher. Let me say it again. He has agreed to be your what? Teacher. Now in the Amplified, it begins to reveal even more about him. It says in the Amplified, but the comforter. In the Amplified, or counselor. See, the Holy Spirit wants to be your counselor, folks. See, sometimes when you find yourself moving out of the love, out of the love walk into the circle of self-centeredness, come on, say amen, somebody. You need to be counseled by the Holy Spirit to get you back into your love walk. Come on, are you with me out here? It also says he's a helper. How many of you have ever needed help in your life? Well, the Holy Spirit wants to be your helper. Well, he's the intercessor, advocate, strengthener. When you're weak, he'll strengthen you. And he's your standby. Come on, he's the Holy Spirit. Think about it. How do we continue to try to accomplish what God has put in our life to accomplish without recognizing that you can't do it without this relationship? Well, Pastor Walker, I have a great marketing plan to get this thing off the ground. It's not working now. And you got to be careful that you don't market something that God doesn't want you to have anyway. But it says he's a comforter. He's a what? He's a comforter. Come on, he's a standby. 
the Holy Spirit, whom the Father, he said, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf. He will teach you all things and he will cause you to recall. Will remind you of, bring to your remembrance everything I have told you. And see, Jesus was telling these guys that I'm getting ready to go. But I got somebody that will stand in for me. I got somebody that's going to stand in my place for you. Come on, say amen, somebody. And it's going to be to your advantage. It's going to be good for you. Come on, say amen, somebody. That I'm sending him back to you because why? He's going to help you do some things. Now understand this. Jesus was completely and totally dependent on the Holy Spirit. He was completely dependent on the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. He was empowered by the Holy Spirit. There was a relationship that was responsible for everything that we read about him. Everything we know about Jesus it is this relationship that made the difference in the mission God called him to. Come on, you follow me out here. Go to John 14, 10. Look at what Jesus said here. Now, he began to talk about the Father, but he begins to talk about the Father that was in him. The Father that was what? In him. He says, Believest thou not that I am in the Father? And the Father where? In me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. But the Father that dwelleth in me. The Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth what? The works. See, he's referring to the Holy Spirit. And he's referring to the Holy Spirit as the Father in me. That's the Father in him. That the Father is in him. Somebody asked, well, why would he do that? Well, turn to Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. Because he makes it very plain that the Holy Spirit is responsible for causing his conception. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. What's it say here? Well, while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a what? Dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is what? Conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. That was what conceived, that which is conceived in her was of the what? Holy Ghost. So there's no problem for him to refer to the Holy Spirit as the Father in him. So he wasn't talking about the Father in heaven. He's talking about the Father, Father in him. Come on, do you understand? Come on, do you understand? So Jesus and the Holy Spirit always worked together while he was walking on this earth. They always worked together. Say, neighbor, they always worked together. See, the relationship was so tight that Jesus didn't do anything. Listen to me now. Jesus didn't do anything until after the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, look at Matthew 3.16. He didn't do anything until after the baptism of the Holy Spirit took place, folks. Matthew 3.16 says, 
And Jesus, when he was what? Baptized, went straight, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the what? Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, and whom I am well pleased. Before this, you don't read anywhere in the Bible where he did one miracle. One healing. Or anything like that at age 10, 15, come on, 21 or 28. Why? Because why? Because the unseen partner hadn't showed up yet. Come on. And see, there are some people who, as soon as they get saved, they want to go open a church. And the unseen partner hadn't showed up yet. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. And see, we know when you get born again, the Holy Ghost comes what? To live on the inside of you. We know that. Tell you that we know that. But there is an experience other than your born again experience, folks. And that experience is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And Jesus didn't do anything. Until that experience took place. Look at Mark chapter 1 verse 9. In John's account, he showed up to be baptized by John. And John says in Mark chapter 1 verse 9, And it came to pass in those days that Jesus Jesus came up from Nazareth out of Galilee and was baptized of who? John in the Jordan. And straightway coming out the water, he saw the heavens open, his spirit like a dove descending upon him. How people know the Holy Spirit is not a bird? Come on, say he's not a bird. (laughs) Hallelujah. Look at John 5, 19. (laughs) So if you come in here with a dove and say there's the Holy Spirit, no, you just got a bird. (laughs) Are you listening to me? You just got a what? bird. He is not the Holy Spirit because you got a bird that's white. Come on. John 5, 19 says, Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he what? See if the Father in him do for what things soever he doeth, there also doeth what? The Son likewise. Hone in on this. It says he can do nothing of himself. He can what? He can do nothing of himself. See, we all need to come to the place where we can admit that I can do nothing of myself. Somebody say, I've been church for 30 years. I know how things work. No, no, no. I can do nothing. Of myself. See, you want to make sure you maintain this position, folks. You want to always remain small in your own eyes. And you want to make sure you remind yourself. That I don't care how long I've been doing this. I can do nothing without him. Come on, say amen, somebody. I don't care how much education that I got. I can do nothing without him. I don't care how large my ministry gets. I don't care how large my business gets. I don't care how much money comes in. I can't do it without him. See, Jesus knew that he couldn't do nothing without his partner. And we have to come to the place where we acknowledge and admit to ourselves that I can't do this without you. Amen. 
Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. To the point, this is how deep it gets, to the point that you go to your closet and say, Holy Ghost, come on, say amen, somebody. Talk to me about what I should wear. Well, that's a waste of time. It's his time. No. See, he wants a relationship with you. Come on. He wants you talking to him, talking to him about everything. Come on. He wants you talking to him about the intimate things in your life, folks. Why? Because you want to hear it from him. Tell your neighbor, I want to hear it from him. See, it can't be all about, Lord, what are you going to give me? Or I'm going to do this so I can get that. See, it's got to be about the relationship. Come on, here with me. It's got to be that I'm so hungry about I want to have this relationship with you that whatever shows up, and it may show up, and that's good, you know, I'm grateful for it. But it's the relationship that I want to rest in. And Jesus needed this ongoing partnership with the Holy Spirit. He needed it. Tell your neighbor, he needed it. And think about it. If Jesus needed it, if he needed this ongoing relationship, who do we think we are to even think that we don't need this relationship as well? If he needed this relationship in order to be successful, and completing his mission, then you and I will need this relationship in order to be successful in completing our mission. Amen. Oh, are you with me out here? See, I don't know what mission you're on, but if you don't have your unseen partner, you're going to come to a bump in the road, and you're not going to know what to do, and you're not going to be able to have the strength to do it. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. But if you'll go ahead and partnership with the Holy Spirit. Come on, he's the one that has been appointed to make sure. Listen to me now. He's the one that has been appointed to make sure that your mission is accomplished and that it is accomplished successfully. But you trying to do it by yourself or on your own. Come think about it. Now you wouldn't never, you wouldn't not, you wouldn't dare go around in the church or elsewhere talking about I don't need the Holy Spirit. But guess what? A lot of you act like it. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. You don't trust him. You don't acknowledge him. You don't talk to him. You don't let him know, you don't let him know that you need him. Matter of fact, some people he's not even in your vocabulary anymore. And I'm telling you right now, you're gonna need the Holy Spirit. You're gonna need this relationship with the Holy Spirit and an ongoing relationship with the Holy Spirit. And this year, you're going to be glad that you come to recognize that he is the one 
that he's responsible for everything that will happen in your life. Say amen, somebody. And your mission will not fail. Your mission will succeed. But when it succeeds, don't forget it was the Holy Ghost. Somebody say the Holy Ghost. Turn to Acts chapter 1 verse 4. Chapter 1 verse 4. Say it was the Holy Ghost back there in that back row. Here he was dealing with disciples here, and even, he even said to his disciples, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but do what? But wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you should be what? Baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. Come on, what is he doing? He's saying to his disciples, don't go. Don't do nothing. Wait. Wait. Come on, say amen, somebody. Why? Wait. You need to get your unseen partner in on the scene so he can help you be successful in the mission that you're going to go out and do. Think about it. How many missions have we said God told me to do this? But the question is, have you received the helper, your partner, to assist you in doing it? Come on. Are you listening to me out here? And I want you to do this. Begin to start asking God, make me more conscious of this. Let this be at the forefront of my thinking that every day when I wake up, that I wake up acknowledging the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. Amen. That I have a conversation with him throughout the day. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. That I need him to show me. I need him to help me. I need him to correct me. I need him to defend me. I need him to teach me. I need him to, uh, listen, I need the plans he has for my life today. And what happened when you do that, you'll find yourself walking in an intimate, tender relationship with the Holy Spirit. Are you listening to me out there? See, a lot of times we want to be deep. We want to get something deep. And sometimes we'll get up and we'll say, Holy Spirit, show me what to do. And he'll calmly say, you haven't done the last thing I showed you. So why do you want me to show you something else? Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. And see, Tom, sometimes he just wants you to know I love you. And I'm with you. And all is well. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. But you see, we want something by gigantic. We want this big, gigantic thing that we want to hear the Holy Spirit say to us. And all he wants to do is reveal things to us. He wants to show us things that the disciples before he came could not get a hold of, folks. But guess what? We can get a hold of it. Today, we can get a hold of it. We can get, listen, we can get a hold of some things that are going to be so mind-boggling to the body of Christ. And you get it in that relationship 
with the Holy Spirit. Turn me to Matthew 3.16. Come on, are you with me out here? Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. Here Jesus, and then we know he was baptized in the water, and he's baptized in the Holy Spirit. We read it before. Let's read it again. Here Jesus, when he was baptized, it says, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went straightway out of the water, and, lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a what? Dove, and lightning upon him. And, lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am what? Well, please. So we know the Spirit of God is on him, right? We know the Spirit of God is on him, right? And he's got the relationship that he needs, right? The Father is in him. The Father is in him. But now look at Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. It says in Matthew 4, 1, it says, Then was Jesus led up to the Spirit of the Spirit of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Now, I wouldn't think that my, my first thought would be that the Holy Spirit is going to lead me into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Come on, say amen, somebody. And most people think that the temptation was just him turning stone into bread. But that wasn't the temptation. Look at John 16, 7. Remember what the Bible says here? John chapter 16, verse 7, where it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I, but if I depart, I will what? Send him unto you. And when he has come, he will what? He will what? He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Then in verse 9, he explained it of sin. Because they believe not on me. So the sin was that they believed not on him. So every sin of bad behavior is the sin of not believing on him. Let me explain. If you're not a tither. The Holy Spirit is not, he's not going to convict you about not tithing. He's going to convict you about not trusting God with your finances. Oh, come on. I see, See, that's, that's the level of unbelief. See, it's not the, it's a, it was the same thing with Jesus. Look at, look at Matthew 12, 31. Look what, what Jesus said in Matthew 12, 31. It's the same thing when Jesus said in Matthew 12, 31. And when I say unto you, all men of sin and blasphemy shall be what? Forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost shall not be what? Forgiven unto men. He said that because why? They didn't believe that, that the healing that took place was by the Holy Ghost. Matter of fact, verse 24, you go up a couple verses. It says, but when the Pharisees heard it, they said, this fellow does what? Does not cast out devils, but by what? Baal's above the prince of the devil. So ultimately, the sin he was talking about was the sin of not believing on him. Come on, you understand that? And see, the reason for sin is unbelief, folks. Let me say it again. The reason for sin is unbelief. And see, the Holy Spirit came to convict you of the sin of unbelief. See, a person who steals... He's not, a, he's not going to convict that person of stealing. 
He's going to convict that person of not believing that he can provide his every need. Do you understand that? So it's the area of what? Unbelief. So when you look, go back to Matthew 4.1. So when you look at what's taking place in Matthew chapter 4 verse 1, what the temptation was, it said, then Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the what? Wilderness to be what? Tempted of the devil. And then in verse 3, Satan comes up and says, and when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be what? Be made bread. See, God had already said, you are my beloved son. Didn't we read that? In chapter 3. In the chapter 3, he said, you are what? My beloved son. See, he said, if you believe you are the beloved son, think about this. If you believe that you are the son of God, there's no need for you to try to prove to somebody else that you are the beloved son. You don't have to prove that. Why? Because I believe what he just said about me. And for me to turn these stones into bread, that's a temptation because why? I'm demonstrating doubt whether I am the son of God. God said you are the son of God. Therefore, there's no need to turn stones into bread. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. See, when you know who you are, you don't need to offer proof to nobody. When you know who you are. So Matthew 4 1, he says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. To be what? To be what? To be what? Understand this, folks. The Holy Spirit knows the necessary courses you have to go through so you can be prepared for your mission. See, Jesus trusted that the Holy Spirit, his partner, led him into the wilderness. But guess what? He came out with an empowerment by that spirit. Come on, say amen, somebody. So don't get frustrated when you find yourself in a difficult situation. But trust that the Holy Spirit is going to use this to benefit your successful mission. Come on, are you with me out here? Now, there are a lot of roads you don't have to travel. But if you travel those roads, make sure you get out of it as much as you can get out of it while you're in there. But stop murmuring and complaining about it. Learn how to be content wherever you are because why? Some, of, some things are not going to change until you change. Come on, you're in a little house. It's a shack. And you're complaining every day, I'm in this little shack. I ain't got this. 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 Or you can change that. Or you can spend time building it. Come on. And learning how to do some things on your own. Come on, stick in some new tiles. Put in some new windows. Come on, say amen, somebody. And next thing you know, you'll look at that house and say, that shack is no longer a shack anymore. It's now looking like a house. 
But it wasn't the shack that changed. Something greater happened. Come on. You changed. And see, when you change, things around you can change. Let me say it again. When you change, things around you can change. Come on. Because what does the scripture say in 1 Timothy 6.6? 6? 1 Timothy 6.6. 6. But, but godliness with contentment is what? Is what? Somebody say great gain. So you're going to have great gain, folks. But if you're trying to be godly and not content, and you murmur and complain, talking about, why do I have to go through this? I bet Pastor Walker don't have to go through this. Come on, say amen, somebody. But you don't know what I have to go through. You not only know what I have to go through, you don't know what I have to go through, but you don't know what I've been through unless I tell you. So we got to get rid of this little fairy tale picture of ministry. Well, it's all about me. How can I exalt myself further? Who knows me? Come on. Where have I been and what have I done? Forget about all that stuff. Tell your neighbor, forget about all this stuff. See, it needs to be about your relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I'm just content whatever God has for me at this time. And as long as he doesn't leave me, come on, say amen, somebody. As long as he's, on my, he's my partner, then my mission is going to be successful. Because at the end of the day, when I see Jesus, I want to be able to say, mission accomplished. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I could not have done it without you. Come on, you with me at? As a matter of fact, we have to be concerned about building people versus building self. Are you with me out here? And see, that's easy to say until somebody starts talking about you. Come on. And then when you get dogged out and you want to get in the center of the circle and get upset because somebody's talking about you, See, if you're not in the center of the circle, what they're saying about you won't bother you at all. And you just go on and do what you need to do. Come on, say amen, somebody. See, the Holy Spirit will help you grow up. He's here to help you mature. Come on, say amen, somebody. See, he'll help you see things from a new view, and he'll help you see it from a view of love. Somebody say of love. And then all of a sudden what happened, you'll find yourself just not concerned about everybody else's drama. And see, you can't allow other people's emergency become your drama. Let me say it again. You cannot allow other people's emergencies become your drama. See, the Holy Spirit is permanently on our side, folks. To do what? To be our guide. To be our counselor. He's going to help you whatever you need help with. But I need you to say two words. Say permission and authorization. Come on, say it again. Permission 
and authorization. Come on, say it again. Permission and authorization. That's what he's going to need in order to operate in your life. Your permission and authorization. And the question is, have you given him permission? Can you remember when you've given him permission to operate in your life? Can you remember when you've given him authorization to operate in your life, folks? Come on, say amen, somebody. And if you can't do that, just say, I give you permission. You have a permit to move and operate in my life. You have a, listen, you have a permit to be in charge of this mission, and I will follow you. Lift your hands and give God praise. Come on, lift your hands and give God glory. Come on, tell him you have permission and authorization to lead me anywhere you desire to lead me. Hallelujah. I'll follow you wherever you want me to go, Holy Ghost. I want to be completely led of you each and every day of my life, no matter what it is. No matter how minute it is to other people, I want to be led by you in the smallest as well as the big things. Hallelujah. Come on, say, I completely give you control of my life. Give God praise like you believe this. Hallelujah. Come on, give God.